Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin podcast. My name is Matt Bruski, and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action, and welcome to another week from Wisconsin. We are just a few days away from Christmas and the holiday season, and we have our full panel to bring cheer. That includes Jorna Taylor. Jorna is a nonprofit consultant and the president of the Hunter Jumper Association, (laughs) which we have found out is taking up a lot of her time already, only a week in. Jorna, welcome. (laughs) Thanks, I think. Good morning, Wisconsin. (laughs) And of course, Robert Craig, our executive director here at Citizen Action, and we'll find out some other interesting titles Robert has at another date. Uh, Welcome, Robert. Good morning and happy holidays, everyone. There you go. So it is the holiday season, and we are recording this Tuesday morning, so obviously earlier than our normal Thursday, since we're all going to be with our families on Thursday, and we, of course, want to wish everyone an all of our listeners, uh, happy holiday season. Um, From a holly jolly Matt Brusky. Yes, obviously. yes, I'm I'm in good spirits. We have lots of great you stories. Grow a Paul Ryan beard for the holidays. I am going oh. to grow a beard. It is uh, definitely not a Paul Ryan beard. I can't keep up with with his masculinity. It is just it's too much, too huh. much. We will get to Paul Ryan later in this podcast on our new uh our favorite weekly installment of paul ryan watch which jorna leads for us and uh we are going to start however this week with a new healthcare cost report that citizen action released this week it's our 10th annual cost report and what it does is it looks at the costs of healthcare in different not only cities but regions of the state and also then looks for explanations for what's going on and um Robert, you are the lead author of this report over the last 10 years. Uh, Why don't you tell us what sort of the key findings were? And then I'd like to very quickly get to sort of the implications, policy implications for what what this report has found. Well, it is stunning we've done it for 10 years. Uh, Jorna, were you, uh, what level of school you in 10 years ago? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Whoa, step back. Wow. Well, that's actually suggesting that they... Thank you. Yeah. That's supposed to be a compliment, exactly. Supposed to be a compliment. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll apparently we'll shocked by judgment. the compliment. Anyway, um, so we have the the situation has got not gotten better over the last ten years, and we have improved the report dramatically over the years. It used to just look at employers. Uh, large employers who provide uh, insurance for their employees. Now, because of the Affordable Care Act, and guess what? We have a lot of data and similar plans, so real transparency. We look at small group, that is for small businesses, small employers, individual market, insurance that people buy on their own. We look at quality measures. So there's a lot in this report. There are 11 different rating charts, and uh, we will have a link. But for this year... Uh, ta-da, we had a new composite rating that is all types of insurance together for the first time this year. And we look at premiums and deductibles because a lot of insurance companies are gaming now by raising people's deductibles and then raising their premiums less. And so the cost to consumers is premiums plus deductibles and other copays. So we have an overall cost. Unfortunately, Milwaukee is the worst. Milwaukee's number one at uh, $9,400 a year, just over that, for a single policy. And Madison, as usual in our report, is the best um, at a little over $7,200. So you spend, you pay, you're punished $2,200 more per year for living in Milwaukee. Other high-cost areas are areas like Racine, Wausau, the Stevens Point, uh, Wood County area, 
uh, the area next to the Twin Cities are all are all very high cost. Various places are high cost for different things. Eau Claire is top of the list for uh, insurance purchased by large employers, but is lower in the other two categories. Jordan, I was. I looks like I was about to interrupt you. Why don't you follow up? So I can attest to the fact that Milwaukee is the highest since I do purchase insurance on the exchange. And gee, thanks, Governor Walker. I really appreciate that I have to pay $2,000 more out of pocket. And it is it is challenging. It's absolutely correct that when I'm shopping for a new insurance plan, which I just recently did, it's astounding to me how those out-of-pocket deductibles have skyrocketed in the past few years. So I think we're doing a really great job by not taking the federal money. They're up 47% this year in Wisconsin, deductibles alone. So obviously you would think, given that a lot of people across the state, like Jorna, are outraged by high health care costs and health insurance costs, that this would be a big topic in Madison. Uh, we'll talk about other topics later that are being discussed in Madison instead, which are you know, out of the movies rather than out of reality. But there is no discussion, let alone a strategy, because the governor and the majority in the legislature's health care policy is to undermine Obamacare. And that's it. There, that's, that is chapter one, two, three, four, and all the chapters of their health care plan. So, so this report definitely does a very good job and has consistently in covering sort of the costs and showing that Wisconsin's a higher cost state than others. Obviously, we know Minnesota and other surroundings have are lower cost states. Um, but one of the other things, and I want you to comment, that I think is actually the most important finding and where we really need to look going forward is we, we see this really bizarre discrepancy in cost by different plans. You mentioned large groups, small, individual, different regions of the states. And there's no real, it seems to me, there's no, seems to be no good reason for that which begs the question, how can we actually start to get our arms around that problem that someone in Eau Claire, if they happen to be in, say, a small group, has a good deal, but if they're an individual, they don't, right? Like, which makes absolutely no sense. And as you mentioned, has significant economic implications for basically where you live, and it's how much it costs. And prices are all over the map, not only between regions, but for every kind of service, right? So. There's no set price for medical services. You can char be charged 10 times more by one hospital than another for the same service. Also, that different people can be charged more. Something that Medicare pays $800 for, an uninsured person ends up being billed at like $20,000 for and going into debt and bankruptcy over it, uh, just for example. Plus, even if you just look at underlying medical costs, insurance or insurers like to say, oh, it's, we're just passing it on. It's the hospitals. It's the doctors. It's the other medical providers. It's the prescription drug companies. Well, we see different types of insurance costing dramatically different things in the same region, which means, in other words, there's clearly something going on with the insurance market as well as hospitals, as well as doctors. Now, just to, before I get to solutions, talk about magnitude here. The report has data back uh, to the year 2000. Uh, Rates in Green Bay, which is the worst historically in terms of hyperinflation, are, are, are quadrupled. They're up 365%. The state average is 216%, so a tripling of health insurance premiums. For coverage, it's not as good, just to be clear. The co coverage has been cheapened out, hollowed out. It's still three times more expensive. So we have put together, so we think the next big issue, once we win and that everyone has, should have access to health care, in other words, we, we end the silliness about repealing the Affordable Care Act, is to get to cost. And 
uh, families, businesses, our society can't afford this wild, wild west kind of expensive healthcare system. So uh, we've put forward a number of common sense solutions that are the beginning of a process of solving the problem. One is an obvious one that Senator Larson and Representative Kulsti have put forward, uh, insurance rate review, where literally, you know, we make utilities justify their rate increases and have a public hearing. We don't do it with insurance companies and health insurance companies, and it's just as essential to life to have health insurance as it is to have heat and light. So uh, rate review is one thing, and that's reduced rates as much as 37% in Minnesota are much more... Whoa, whoa, why are you going to reference Minnesota here? <laughs> yes, whose rates overall are 46% lower on the individual market than Wisconsin. Another is, you know, prescription drug companies have had a free run. Uh, we don't bargain with them for their prices in Medicare uh, because they had the political power to, to ban that, outlaw it. So they charge people in this country on average 40, 50 cent more for the same drug than they charge for people in other countries. And who signed up for that? When did Americans decide they were going to pay the highest prison drug prices? Uh, states can end their, and now it's gotten really scandalous. There have been really horrendous, you know, raising the cost of pills to $750 a pill for, for vital pills for people's keep to keep people alive, the, the cancer drugs. And so there are other states looking at having full transparency on what it costs the drug company to make the, make the drug, what they charge in other countries for it, what research they put in, because they always claim it's their research. It's usually our research money. Most of theirs goes to marketing. Um, and then capping drug prices when they're excessive, especially when they're for high-value drugs. Like, there's no reason uh, an asthmatic shouldn't be able to afford an inhaler because if you can't, then guess what? You're in the emergency room and it costs, it not only is dangerous for you and, and painful, it costs everyone else a lot more money, right? Uh, there's also, um, we can do things around surprise medical bills. Uh, Jorna mentioned we can take the money for Badger Care. Uh, the RAND Corporation says that not taking the money uh, raises private health insurance costs 10%. You might ask why, and you know, we try with the public not to get too wonky. I'm being too wonky here, obviously, but I'll just say two reasons. First, if you have a lot more uninsured people, guess what? When they're uninsured, they can't pay medical bills. They end up in the hospital, the emergency room. It all the costs get shifted. Number two, when insurance is unaffordable, who's going to ante up to pay for it? Uh, people with health conditions. And guess so. What it what does it do? It brings more people with health conditions into the insurance pool raising health premiums, whereas if they were all in badger care, including the people who have health conditions, it would be cheaper for everyone and it'd be better health for everyone. Uh, the only people it would not be good for is Governor Walker's campaign pledge never to admit he was wrong on anything ever. That was an official pledge, right, that he, that he ran on. It seems on. to be a rule. It's like the fawns in it's Happy like Days. It's like Fight Club. The first yeah. rule of the <laughs> Governor Walker governorship. There, there, there is only one rule. Uh, so, Robert, it seems to me with your proposed solutions, if I were a Republican legislator in Wisconsin, I would hurry to pass some legislation for my campaign contributors. I mean, the insurance companies. I'm sorry. I get confused between the two sometimes. That would um, make sure that there is never, ever any opportunity for transparency to the public to happen with rates or premiums or anything when it comes to the healthcare industry in Wisconsin. Correct? And that's the current policy. Ah. The insurance commissioner's office, and current commissioner is appointed by Governor Walker, uh, has he does have to review uh, 
rate increases over 10% according to the Affordable Care Act and announced publicly, that's the extent of it, anything, anyone who has an unjustified rate increase. Well, since 2011, not one I'm shocked. has been found excessive. So we have the Lake Wobegon insurance industry. They can raise rates 30 40% in some plans, and they're all justified. And we don't need a transparency because, and you know, there have been attempts to figure out how they do it. Their response to the rate review bill by Senator Larson and Representative Colsty uh, was that they all handle this internally, and they're looking at the rates, and don't worry about it. They have experts. Shh. Yeah, right. Don't look at what's happening behind the curtain. Right. Well, look, this is obviously critical. We talked about this many times. The reason Affordable Care Act passed was people have great suspicion for the insurance industry for obvious reasons, more than they apparently have for government. Uh, So they are willing to uh, listen and be open to a government role in helping solve these problems. And and then it goes without saying, Robert, when you mention these disparities, this gets to just basic fairness. I think uh, people get that it is completely unfair and unreasonable that there isn't kind of a transparency about what these costs are and a little bit much more evenly cost for both uh, different kinds of procedures, but also depending on what group you're in. And so this makes 100% sense for us to be working on. I wanna encourage people who are listening, if you have not had a chance to see the report and you want to see it for its detail, we will have a link on the podcast. We'll also have a link, and there is a media uh, uh, conference call that you could also listen to and hear uh, a further explanation from Robert and others. One little tidbit I forgot, Matt, is uh, we look at quality as well. There's a huge differentiation disparities on quality. Quality is measured by, gee, do people in your insurance plan get preventive care? When they have chronic disease, do they follow the regiment and get and get they need, or do they not, or do they get unnecessary tests, which would be a negative quality? And and what are consumer ratings? That consumer satisfaction, responsiveness. There are huge gaps between different plans from one to five stars. Actually, the best plan in the state, I'll give some kudos, is Gunderson Health, connected to Gunderson Lutheran Hospital in La Crosse, only five star plan in the state. Uh, but what's interesting is. Because sometimes you know the old adage, Jorna, you get what you pay for? I do. Well, in healthcare, you don't because a lot of the highest right. cost plans are lower quality. <laughs> and why is that? Because the higher cost plans also are terrible at making sure people like get, you know, people with asthma get their drug inhalers and uh, people with diabetes get their insulin, et cetera, and that raises costs, right? So they're more expensive and they're lower quality. Uh, if people wanted to breathe, then maybe they should just use the air. It's free and it's around them. And here's the important thing, because as soon as we push with cost, right, the right is going to be saying rationing, rationing, rationing. Maybe Brian has some music effects. Well, since a third of medical spending in the United States is waste, not value added, and since we're wasting money left and right, by, in the way I just described, with low-quality health plans and, uh, and, and a lot of non-evidence-based practices by, uh, by providers, we can save money, have higher-quality health care, and not ration anything. In fact, we can make sure more people get access to exactly the kind of screenings and care, uh, preventive and chronic disease care that they need. So, listeners, we'll never ration your Robert. That was a heavy dose there of really good information about what's going on. Again, please check out the report if you want the details. But going forward, we really need this is a, this is important because this is an area where we have done something very significant with our government, right? And we need to continue not only, as Robert said, to make the Affordable Care Act permanent and here to stay, but get on the offensive as it relates to these costs and 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 
the ridiculous things that are going on with insurance companies. And I have an economic tip uh, for conservatives in the legislature. It's well known the precision drug industry is a very generous employer of contract lobbyists. And so if they were to look at precision drug prices, it would be a stimulus uh, to the local economy in Madison because I believe there are many contract lobbyists with the skills to lobby who are underutilized. And so obviously that's, a, that's an additional benefit to, uh, looking, to, to looking at, at, at pharma. Robert's always got the back of the lobbyists. Um, <laughs> with that, and speaking of economics, we want to talk about our economy. And late last week, a number of reports came out around jobs. I'm not going to go in great detail other than to say uh, it's not good for Wisconsin. It's uh, not. <laughs> in any of these, we're anywhere from 30, uh, 32nd over the last five years to 35th or 37th we're over the last year. We're yep. 37. You can imagine all of it. And so Walker, of course, uh, it's not surprising, was asked about this, and he was uh, speaking last week and suggested that essentially it, companies would add more jobs if workers were job ready. Jorna, wh what's wrong with these workers? So Why it appears, won't they get some skills? <laughs> Mad skills. <laughs> it appears that the second rule of Walker Club yeah. is to blame everyone but yourself. But yourself, yes. 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 So I, don't, I don't remember that in the movie, but what the hell. Walker is never wrong. Walker is never Second rule, <laughs> blame everyone else. Blame everyone else. Uh, so, of course, it's these workers' fault that they just refuse to get these mad skills, to get these higher-paying jobs. And, of course, it is not the fault of Governor Walker that he's pulled this cutting the UW system by, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, and he pulled that old bait-and-switch with the tech college system. So, so yeah, let's, let's blame some more workers. This just makes sense in our Wisconsin. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things here. You mentioned the fact that he massively cut tech colleges 40% in his first budget, right? And we all know that the uh, uh, But but property tax relief. Yeah. But but Yeah, and that 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 trains the workers. So, here's the other thing though that I want to make sure is a second thing that we discuss here. He's pushing this false that there's some sort of skills gap that we don't have enough workers, right? We know that there are we're, we're way behind in the amount of jobs that ought to be produced, right? And we also know that there's plenty of people out there with skills. They're just not willing to pay what it costs for these jobs. Robert? Well, it's all very, very confusing. So it really is. And I'm trying to get, you know, conservative philosophy says it's never a system. It's never, it's, it's always you if you're failing. And so if, if Wisconsin workers don't have jobs, don't have good jobs, because we have declining job quality, as we've said on this podcast a lot. It's their fault somehow. Oh, yeah, Robert, before I I'm going to interrupt you, Walker added one more detail on that. Yes. It's, he wants to ha the one thing he is going to offer, he wants to help get those folks off drugs. They're on mm -hmm. drugs. But, they're on but drugs, test yeah. them. Make sure you Ta test well, them. They're on drugs, Jorna. Everyone okay. will all be Just, that's all that happy to hear drugs. that. And so, in fact, all the research, the unemployed are not more likely to be addicted to drugs than they're any, on drugs, than the employed Robert. in our society or the middle class, et cetera, just saying. But what about know, dog whistle politics? Too much of a they're progressive on, drugs, on being too fact-based. But here's the thing. We have a, a world-class uh, higher education system, both the UW system and the technical college system, right? Uh, still, I mean, it's on fumes because of Governor Walker's policies, but it's been built up by generations. Uh, our, our, our primary secondary edu school education system is always highly rated. It's, it's falling now, but it's still very highly rated. 
So how did we get to be the state that, because this is a comparative number, right, with 37th, that had so much fewer skilled workers than the other states? It's because they're lazy and they don't want to get trained. We just trained. happen to be... Uh, who did it? Was it the unions that encouraged all these people to be lazy and not get skills? I mean, in, in terms of narrative, right? I'm, this is our, my message tip for the day. Uh, what is the narrative, the causation of why, if you think about it, Wisconsin was, and, and poor Governor Walker, this, this, this knight in shining armor, was cursed with these terribly lazy and unskilled workers that have harmed in, his in political Milwaukee. career by creating this year after year of terrible jobs numbers. I mean, how, is, how did all this happen? And, and where did it start? Not in Waukesha County. Right. So if you think about it, right, are we going to talk about the fact that we are developing very effectively under Governor Walker's leadership a poverty wage economy and that people don't have money in their pockets to afford the basics, they can't spend money in their communities, and that, both, that harms all business and, and causes further unemployment and underemployment? and lowers wages, any, you know, it's a, it's a vicious spiral downward, that Act 10, the great success that we're all savings, was literally taking money out of local communities, because when teachers make less, they spend less in their community, and you add it all up, state employees, everything else, it's all been a tremendous, you know, de-stimulus to the entire economy. Matt, you know what teachers are? No. They're on drugs. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're probably not sufficiently skilled. Yeah. Uh, now, Governor Walker, of course, himself showed tremendous skill when he ran for president. I would say there was a skill gap <laughs> that was revealed was during that untrained. campaign. Though he did try to get workforce development. Remember the foreign policy oh. uh, boot camps that he was going through? Which oh. I don't know what those cost. Robert, but, uh, I'm going to need you to refer to rule number two. Nothing is Scott Walker's <laughs> fault. So that was the voters of Iowa and New Hampshire that were not uh, trained yes. in mm -hmm. Walkerisms. Can I get a third rule? Sure. Jorn is the, the arbiter of the rules, so yeah, she can say this is right. not part of the rules. I'll be I would benevolent. say it's never the fault of the CEOs, the job creators. It's never their fault. Uh, yeah. So if they take public money to create jobs and then outsource drugs. more jobs, it's not their fault. It's because there are more skilled workers in Mexico. <laughs> so... This podcast is off the yeah, rails. We're off the rails, but <laughs> I, I have bad news for you, Jorna. I have our next story probably will not help us get back on the rails because it's off the rails crazy, right, Robert? Do I, it off the yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, Sing we're away. not even beginning to get crazy. Sing yet. away. So Robert referenced this earlier when he was suggesting it maybe a plot out of what a movie. What is on the agenda in Madison? Yeah, I yes. believe um, you know. First of all. I, our listeners need to open up their minds. Just think back, 70s, 80s. Well, Charles Bronson, probably, if you're thinking back to the movies. The Death Witch movies, where they're just <laughs> such horrible government and police, and, and the only thing that can prevent us from, from scumbags is what, Matt? <laughs> is, is guns. So what I am, of course, referencing, and I, this has now gotten significant press by the time you hear this podcast, is GOP lawmaker Bob Gannon's uh, comments around the shooting inside Easttown Mall in Madison, where uh, a gentleman was shot in the leg and appears this gentleman's going to be okay. It sounds like it was a, a very scary and dangerous situation. However, this solution is complete insanity. In fact, uh, this lawmaker has gone way beyond just criticizing gun zones and has called on average citizen to, quote, help clean out society of these scumbags Gannon said, 
a gangbanger in the mall with a gun is going to think twice if there were a, could be a law-abiding holder standing there behind them, fully prepared to shoot center mass, which of course means to shoot and kill, right? To kill. Can we As have if, a dog whistle alert before yeah. you go on, right? I assume well, the gang banger is coded racial word for oh, oh. young black male. Well, Robert, And I'm sure the, the honest law-abiding citizen is some upright-looking, you know, Anglo white guy. Per, white guy. Yeah, so. just, in, just in case yes. you were unfamiliar with the term gang banger, because I don't believe it's been used since the 80s. Uh, it's look, Robert. You're absolutely right. This is this is complete racial coded, and then on top of it, it's completely scary in that we would be calling for vigilantism, right? And that somehow this is going to help the situation. This is way beyond whether someone should have a concealed carry permit, right? Um, you most of those people even would argue that you would act in a reasonable, rational way, right? I'm sure it, they would defend it. This is this is crazy. This is like castle doctrine for the public, yeah. almost, but but worse. It's demanding it. Um, this yeah. study after study, and not that Republicans like this, not that ultra right wing fascists like this have ever cared about facts, science. because we know, yeah, hashtag science, hashtag facts matter, um, hashtag crazy train. They don't care about any of this. Because it has been proven time and again that concealed carry, open carry, law-abiding citizens don't actually stop any of these mass shootings and this gun violence. They and you know what? Each other. We cannot expect we we cannot expect that to be the job of vigilantes on the streets either. I mean, that is a society that has just gone so wrong in my eyes that I am moving to Canada. Wall be damned. And it's not cool like a Western. That's why I say the movies where, oh, bullets are flying by. Woo-woo. No, no, people get hit by bullets, killed by bullets, okay? This (laughs) This is is not not the Matrix. I I, want to give a, you know, big kudos to Representative Chris Taylor, who immediately clearly read the release that Bob Gannon put out and got a release out that accurately, you know, described this for what it was, you know, and, and this has gotten significant press, and it ought to. We got to call this stuff out and, you know, this has largely been focused on, you know, uh, the, the the gun aspect. Robert, you brought up the, the coded racism, right? Which we wanted to take take the time to call out. And of course, you know, pff, by the way, Bob Gannon, right? Like, really, this gangbanger term, please, ser- seriously, like he's not, <laughs> just Racist. shows. But just shows how backwards this guy is. He's he's using language that is like f- completely outdated and uh, policy that's completely nuts. Uh, so we got to call it out. Feel well, free to contact this guy and let him know, right? I mean, how, how you feel. He's a representative of everyone here in Wisconsin. He's talking like this. It's kind of a throwback. We can say this is my throwback uh, statement on this. Do you all remember Coleman Young? He was the mayor of yeah. Detroit. Yeah. And not a very effective mayor by most accounts. But anyway, he actually was very controversial at one point for opposing any kind of reasonable uh, gun controls and safety rules in Detroit because he said the people of Detroit needed guns to protect themselves from white vigilantes in the suburbs. And he was a national laughingstock for saying this. Well, Mr. Gannon seems to be uh, actually making yeah. uh, Coleman, Mayor Coleman Young's prediction, you know, 25 years later, true by calling upon the white vigilantes from the suburbs to come and restore oh, order. Look, I mean, 
Robert, it, as much as you know, it's a little laughy, laughy. It, it does lead to these implications, given the complete disconnect we're having on race in this society, and where clearly people from the white community view the world very differently, unfortunately, on average than uh, African Americans do. And and I mean, which we've talked about at length. But anyways, one we, a, one a, one other little messaging note on this. There's something called the frequency and availability bias. When people hear things in the media over and over again, they overestimate their frequency. So most people think that crime is way up. Crime has been cut in half since the early 1980s, for example. So people think that there are, quote unquote, to use the racialized term, gangbangers in malls all over the place threatening the good citizens. And so this makes narrative sense to them because it... Jordan was talking about facts because they because every time there's anything that happens, the media repeats it over and over again, and so people think that it's true. It's the same thing that's driving the idea that terrorism is the greatest threat in the United States to public safety, where, let's phrase it, that's why it's called terrorism. You're supposed to be afraid. Yes. Uh, but the fact of the matter is you are mu taking a much greater risk getting behind the wheel of your car any time than you, than you face from Terrorism. The only terrorists that I saw at Mayfair Mall on Sunday were the children running around <laughs> screaming everywhere. Hey. Hey. Just hey. Were they oh harassing the Santa? Oh, God. Well, Robert. Bad decisions. Robert, you mentioned it, right? Like, and Gannon took advantage of that and said he refuses to spend his money in any business that believes the Second Amendment rights are left in my car, right? Like, anyways, on, on that note, just... we're going to move beyond. Well, Gannon. I believe. Go beyond I Gannon. believe Ribzev Gannon is a superhero and he will make it back to his yes. car and on one knee, uh, shielded behind the bumper, take out all the bad guys. And by the way, just uh, one final thing on this to the media. I, you know, I'm glad they covered this. Um, this idea, though, that they're, t you know, the Journal Sentinel ran with a title that they're clashing on gun policy. Uh, this is... Gun policy? I think that fails <laughs> to capture the complete, you know, Insanity. horribleness of his quotes, right? It's not really gun... We're well beyond gun policy here, but anyways. Let's talk about other nutcases. Thank you. Thank you for covering it. And so, Jorna... It's like saying Trump and Clinton clash on immigration policy. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, anyways, but thank you for writing the story, anyways. Uh, with that, uh, we are going to move to Paul Ryan Watch. <laughs> and Ryan Watch. Jorna, we got some good stuff this week. We, gosh, you know, we just started Paul Ryan Watch about a month ago when he was uh, elected Speaker of the House. And clean shaven. Yes, and now he's fully bearded. But it, we said it wouldn't take long before he would be eaten by his own. What's going on this week? Well, there's some good and there's some bad with our with our bearded wonder friend down from the 1st Congressional District. Yes. Um, first of all... It, uh, in the drumbeat that is the fascist wing of the Republican Party, he is being called a traitor. Traitor, that is correct. He is a traitor because he worked with that um, Muslim, socialist, Hawaiian, foreign-born... Obama. Yes, oh, okay. that's yep. his name. I always forget. I get so confused. Um, on, on a budget bill, and lo and behold, it wasn't as, to use a Robert word, as draconian as the right wing would have liked it to be. So therefore, hashtag traitor. little disagreement over immigration policy, as Robert <laughs> likes a, to say. Just a little one. Um, but on the flip side, the Hill, 
which is a widely read political standard, I guess. Yeah, um, kind of a trade publication for politicians tra- in, it is, in yes. Washington. It's a, it's yeah. a niche publication <laughs> at best. However, um, they are trying to conjure up a new scenario. And I've got to think that this is just them trying to throw some some more fire into the already fire that is the GOP primary. Do Uh, tell more, Jorna. This sounds good. They are talking now that since Donald Trump is a psychopath, I mean, we can all agree on that, right? Even sociopath might be appropriate. I believe that was validated. Uh, And Ted Cruz, I, I got nothing on that. Other a warning: This is Jorno's statements are not do not constitute a clinical diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Taylor. Doctor Taylor, and and Ted Cruz is just I don't even know. And and Marco Rubio has now become the Jack Russell yipping at the heels of everybody else. And Jeb Bush, what? He's still in this race. Uh, he looks like you know he was running ads on Fox last night. Uh, anyway, so so to throw more kerosene into this fire, they are talking about a brokered. Republican convention to put in Paul Ryan, who so selflessly sacrificed to become the Speaker of the House when his party was in need. Well, that must be going over really well with the uh, current list of candidates, Jorna. I'm sure they're very excited about a brokered convention. I I hope he (laughs) takes his beard all the way to the convention. With the I would never do anything or meet with or be in the same with with Obama ever, ever, which seems to be the primary stance versus Hashtag Ryan, unless I have to. Whatever you think of it, actually governing to some degree, uh, maybe playing the long game with his ideology, but nonetheless not throwing red meat to the flying monkey crazy wing of the party which is dominating the primaries. So, and a broker convention would be so undemocratic. And you know, That's conservatives, conservatives are all about that's what, Don, that's what Donald Trump was saying. He yeah. was really upset about the broker convention. And I'm Monday. sure that Donald, the Donald will be uh, heeding the, 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 the uh, will of the voters if it goes against him. Well, Jordan, <laughs> I'm sure you will keep us abreast of all things, uh, Paul Ryan. However... Traitor watch. Yes. However, we are going to be gone now for two weeks, which means we'll have to wait until 2016 for our next installment of Ryan Watch. We'll have to check in and see how the holidays went for Ryan and his beard. I think we'll only actually be gone one week, technically. Well, uh, oh, but oh, anyway. Stop with the facts, you liberals. Yeah. Jesus Christ, can't you... <laughs> Can't it'll you let feel, a conservative talk show host get through his stuff? It'll feel like two weeks. <laughs> it'll feel like, yeah. that's right. When you're going through your withdrawal next <laughs> week. It'll feel like 30 seconds. Yes. So what I want, I want what a furlough from all of you. I want one interesting thing you're doing over the holidays. And here's the other thing I want from you. I want one New Year's resolution that you are going to change next year about your podcasting approach. Jorna, I, I, I really just want to know what you're doing over the holidays. If you have something new, if you got a resolution, lay it on me. Uh, what I'm doing over the holidays. Well, I'm going to go and see my folks in Door County Beautiful. for Christmas. And then I'm going to spend as much time with everybody's favorite horses. George. And Reno. There is no Reno. There is Reno. Reno. <laughs> I, I thought um, something happened to Reno over the weekend. I, oh, sh- I read shut something. your mouth. That. <laughs> Reno is alive and well. Uh, so I'm just going to have a chill, you know, muddy, rainy holiday season here in southeastern Wisconsin. Um, as for one resolution that I am going to change next year on the podcast, um, 
I am going to become even more tongue in cheek. Ooh, I like that. That's exciting. So much to look forward to. Less Thank policy, you, Joanna. Less policy, more snark. Oh, great, great. Well, I'm sure the election Ooh. cycle will provide uh, lots yeah. of that. Jorna, thanks very much, of course, for being on the podcast throughout the year. Robert, what's what's going on? That's going to be something. I feel like there's already <laughs> a know, right? fair amount of snark. So you, you mean you feel like there's no policy with me? <laughs> I didn't say that. I just said there's <laughs> that a was, good that was coded. A good helping of snark. <laughs> Message point coding. There you go. Um, so. My brother Theodore and I, a podcast listener, are going out to Bethesda to visit podcast listener Anne Eloise, and we'll be staying in the the, nice. the, the glorious and uh, uh, Bethesda Marriott across the street from her noodles. apartment. Uh, there, well, there's they do have microbrews now at the Bethesda Marriott now that they've uh, they've rehabbed it. So uh, that is what I'll be doing. One thing I only pick one thing. Uh, as far as podcast, um, I should probably take more responsibility for making sure we don't miss big issues because as good as a host as Matt is, <laughs> sometimes Matt has his kind of brusky <sighs> kind of focuses and blind spots. So it's my fault. But for Ouch. example, the fact that we didn't mention the global warming accord at all on the podcast <sighs> in Paris is my fault. Whoa, That's a whoa. huge development. Hashtag facts. Well, uh, for example, and affects the I'll, future of the planet and I will all burn, our children. Not in hell, but I'll burn on Earth. But that's in not the Matt's, near future. But that's not it. Matt's fault. That's my fault for not contributing uh, more yes. to the agenda on the podcast. Well, okay. Well, that's good. I actually, that's a good one, Robert. Um, so I'm super excited. I'm going to be off the whole. I'm taking off from Christmas to New Year's and going to spend a lot of time with family. Um, also, my son is uh, Gabe is very interested in trying out for the Rufus King baseball team. So we're going to be spending some intensive time on practicing indoors uh, this winter, and that kicks off next week. So I'm actually very much looking forward to that. We'll also be racing in DeCoin, uh, Illinois, over the holidays. Lovely DeCoin. Lovely DeCoin. It's even beautiful nicer in, than Jan- the, in January. Even nicer than the Bethesda Marriott. Yes, yes. But uh, have a, they do, Robert, have one of the most beautiful indoor racetracks, so that's why we are there multiple times a year. And do they have a choice hotel? They do. They have a choice hotel in Mount Vernon, and I'm sure everybody was very interested. I've driven through Mount Vernon. <laughs> And my stepmother's a professor at Southern Illinois University, which is pretty near. It is the Salukis, the Salukis mm-hmm. of Southern Illinois. So, my podcast, uh, I guess, uh, what do you call it? Resolution is I'm going to try to cut down on ums. I've said them all my life, and it's I'm and our producer is laughing right now because I'm sure he is probably has a backlog of about a thousand ums that have been <laughs> that have been cut out don't you all think that president obama has made the verbal pause eloquent he has I, yes i'm his biggest fan for that he is he is probably the best worst speaker i've ever heard right like he is eloquent but he makes a lot of technical gaffes so and it, he it, is my hero it was to his great <laughs> advantage it makes you sound thoughtful when yeah. they were presenting him as a jeremiah wright socialist kenyan radical then people saw him like that's a radical <laughs> so, like well we should really look at the economy mm, yes <laughs> well i will do my best to improve my uh speaking next year on the podcast but with that i want to thank brian wildridge who makes the podcast happen Every week, awesome. cuts the um, ums out and the ahs and all the other stammerings. He's on drugs, Matt. 
Uh, well, okay, that too. He's on. He must be unemployed. The listeners were unaware that Matt was being enhanced oh, by the producer. Yeah, well, I'm sure he's let a lot of them slip through. So with that, everybody have a wonderful new year, and we will see you in January 2016 here at the Battleground Wisconsin Podcast.